You are now tuned in to Science for the Culture podcast. It's your hosts, Drs. Devin, Inyate, and Alicia here, and we're three hella smart, hella black women on a mission to deliver you no-cap science. Don't worry, though. You don't need a PhD to be put on game. We've got that part covered. Just sit back, relax, and catch our geeky vibe. Trust us. It's lit. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, ladies. We back. We bite. (laughs) We back. (laughs) We back. What's been up, y'all? It's been a minute. It has been a minute for real. I got the Rona. I'm not even going. I'm not even going to lie. I'm just going to go ahead and put it up there. Just lead with that, girl. Lead with it. I know, right? Season two. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Tell us about it. What's going on with you and this Rona? Man, well, okay. So first of all, my I got it from my husband right before Christmas, mm-hmm. and wow, I'm gonna just let the cat out the bag. I, I'm prego, y'all. Uh, Signs for the culture, uh, <laughs> baby coming <Number> three. <laughs> spring 2021. But um, I was so freaked out when I got it because yeah. you know I was like, man, I'm like mad pregnant, <laughs> uh, right. and the Rona was kind of scary mm-hmm. because. I was like, dude, is my baby going to be all right? Yeah. Um, but thank God, you know, we're fine. My husband's fine. Okay, I good. like literally sealed him up in like <laughs> one of our like guest rooms at the Placid Barrier. I was playing no games with him or the Rona. I was like, Say your ass <laughs> so what did you have to like bring dinner there and like knock on the door? Oh, yeah, girl. Like I legit? literally like, oh yeah, no, I literally like command stripped the hell out of a door <laughs> and plastic wrapped his ass in there. It was like, don't come out. Thank you. <laughs> did he have like hours he can come out or just like that no, was the room? No, he oh. had his own bathroom. <laughs> He had, I was slide little, it was kind of like a little jail. Like I was slide as meal underneath the little, little flap. I was just going to ask up. that. He was not playing no games. That's but, um, yeah, so we got through the Rona. Okay. It was fine. Baby's fine. Wonderful. But I was like, damn, mm-hmm. uh, I can't wait to get this vaccine. And now I can't get it mm-hmm. because I've got to wait <laughs> 90 days as per CDC uh, guidelines. Yeah, you're in a pickle. But I will say Having gotten it now and like having some limited immunity, we've been living like mm-hmm, we, really? we've been outside a little. We've been outside a little bit. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I'm like, damn, I I can come outside and not feel as guilty. Right, <laughs> test the waters a little bit. Test, test the waters just a tiny bit. Uh huh. Well, I'm glad y'all are in healthy uh, condition now, and the, you know, little yeah. bundles all good and everything. That's wonderful. Yeah. How y'all doing? What's going on with y'all? You know, same old, same old. You know, you think 2021 going to hit us with something different. Same same stuff. <laughs> you ever seen that meme where it's like they're tracking the months of 2021 oh, yeah. so far? Gorilla, and it's like, Gorilla Glue Girl was February. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, Black History Month for real. So, um, you know, we're just trying to see what, you know, rest of February going to bring, what's March going to bring. But so mm-hmm. far, so good. Back in the in the educational realm, you know, with the kiddos. So that's been yeah. pretty fun. And, you know, same old stuff. Dr. Alicia, what you been doing, girl, since we broke from season one? <sighs> I have been busy between yes. work. Oh, yeah. Influencer. Yes. Influencer. Uh-huh. Yeah. And this whole Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, what did I get myself into? I love it, right. though. I love it. Okay. Like, good. I get to show my whole personality, my whole behind mm-hmm. through videos yeah, and stuff. Yeah, you be having the jokes. It, exactly. It's... <laughs> So yeah, yeah it's it. it's been good, but it's it's a lot of work. Well, it's paying off. You're definitely getting some views and it's some good content. Yeah. So we love we love to see Thank it. You. We love to see it. Yeah. Thank you. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. All I know is is that I don't know about y'all. Uh, I'm ready to get this vacky or what? <laughs> what I call the vacky, like like they talking about the stimmy. But uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. What else do they call it? They call it the Fauci ouchy. Oh what? girl, I haven't heard of these. Where you get this <laughs> yeah, from? Wait, come on now, you gotta get up with it, man. We got all the names. Somebody took that. They took a whole break from social media. You really up on all the terms okay i don't know uh-huh. all this stuff i had i had to catch up ouchie, on the ouchie. whole month that i lost doing my little cleanse so yeah. i guess it really didn't do no benefit made up for yeah. lost time <laughs> trying to figure out when i can get 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 stuck i'm trying to get this shot right 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 i mean you know you still have a little bit of a natural immunity like you said we'll talk all about immunity because you know this episode is all about the vacuum um but mm-hmm. you know all about the vacuum you out here you're doing good you know, there are several companies that are racing now to get COVID vaccines to market as the global COVID deaths stretch toward 2.5 million mm. and deaths in the U.S. Mm-hmm. have reached 487,000. 
Like, that is ridiculous. Right? Christ. There are about 13 companies independently designing and manufacturing COVID vaccines, but our listeners have likely heard the most about Pfizer, Moderna, mm-hmm. AstraZeneca, and Johnson Johnson vaccines. Mm-hmm. Well, since Johnson Johnson has yet to receive first authorization, we won't be discussing that. But Mm -hmm. AstraZeneca's vaccine uses a viral vector, which is just a piece of another virus, to deliver information on how to fight COVID Mm -hmm. to our cells. And this is a more commonly used technology, so we'll let listeners read up on it. Today's episode, we'll discuss the science of the highly anticipated and slightly controversial Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. Mm, Yeah, we love a little spice. We love a little spice. (laughs) A little controversy. (laughs) So what makes these vaccines controversial? I feel like that is something that we all know, but maybe our listeners Mm -hmm. might want to talk about because I know there are not many people who are familiar with mRNA. Yeah. And how it's using a vaccine. Right. Also, you know, we were talking about this a little bit last season, but also the speed at which the vaccine has been created mm-hmm. has, you know, people asking, you know, whether or not they, you know, they cut corners yep. in the trials. Yep. And then, I mean, we can't negate this either, but our past president's insistence mm. that we have a vaccine due to Operation Warp Speed, did us no favors in this regard right. in terms of like heightening kind of the the critical skepticism. And again, remember, we covered in season one, the skepticism is good. Yeah. Healthy skepticism yes. is, is a necessary thing. But I think that it definitely got people on guard. Like, wait a minute. Absolutely. So I think that since we're covering the science of mRNA and other vaccine ingredients, we're going to talk about all of those things, how it works, and then demystify kind of all the cap Mm-hmm. about why these mRNA vaccines got to the general public so quickly. Because I think that that's going to help our listeners understand mm-hmm. why they need to go ahead and get their Fauci ouchie. Yes. <laughs> Not the Fauci ouchie. I have got to be able to incorporate that into my regular conversation. I am using <laughs> yes. Fauci ouchie tomorrow. Like. Fauci ouchie. <laughs> Fauci ouchie. All right, so let's break down what's in this Fauci ouchie. Let's talk about <laughs> mRNA like Dr. Nyate said, because... This is a biomolecule that's not really familiar with the public, so we want to make sure we talk about it and let you know it won't make you do the involuntary Harlem shake, you know, because people (laughs) are really wilding about this. We want to give y'all some good information. All right, so we're going to start off with a nice definition for you. mRNA actually stands for messenger RNA or messenger ribonucleic acid. So this is just a single-stranded instructional code that tells our body not only what to make, but also how to make it. So think of DNA as being like a database with all of your favorite recipes. So we got everything from cornbread to Kool-Aid right, to, okay. you know, your avocado hair mask. You're talking you know, my language. Everything. Or patty pie. <laughs> patty pie. You got, you got the recipe. Grandma's mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. It's this big, <laughs> long catalog with so much information. But your mRNA is essentially like taking one of those recipes out of that large, extensive book of DNA recipes. So okay. the same way you would flip through the pages and find that one recipe down to write it on the recipe card, mm-hmm. that's how we go from our DNA to our RNA. And that process is actually called transcription. Break it down for Mm -hmm. us, okay? Yeah, when you transcribe, Mm -hmm. when you write that recipe onto a new sticky note or whatever, that's DNA to RNA. It's that same exact concept, kind of copying that genetic material. Mm -hmm. Now that we have that quick set of instructions or that message or messenger RNA, this allows us to make, you know, your world famous pecan pie or whatever type of product, patty pie, I guess. Okay, (laughs) right. We're trying to market. <laughs> oh, that's a good pie though. Have you top side note, pause. Have y'all had patty pie before? Yeah, it's a had delicious it. pie. Delicious. <laughs> Do I need to go get a patty pie from that's Walmart? That's why he was singing in a in a video, girl. Yes. That's why he was singing. Dr. Alicia, you gotta oh, get a patty pie. Wow. Has <laughs> to get a patty pie. Why did it end this way? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, y'all know pot. Patty be distracting us. Patty be distracting us. So okay, <laughs> so whatever product you're trying to make. So in this case, let's say you wrote down the instructions for making the patty pie. You're making that product. Obviously, our body is not making patty pies. Uh, a girl can dream. Um, but the product <laughs> we're making is whatever protein we need um, because the proteins are the macromolecule of our body that can do all of the work. Right. So going from the recipe to the actual product or the RNA to that protein is a process called translation. And it's the same yes 
concept is let's say you have something written down in Latin and you're using Google Translate to change it to English, right? Uh -huh. It's a translation mm -hmm. because it's somewhat of a new form. And this is similar how we're going from our nucleic mRNA molecule to something very different like a protein. Mm -hmm. So this drives this um, central dogma or this core concept that we really base all of our biology on, which is mm -hmm. DNA to RNA to protein. It's mm -hmm, a very mm -hmm. linear relationship. Um, it's going mm -hmm. from that big mega recipe book to the recipe to the product. To the patty pie. To the patty pie. <laughs> patty, gotta patty get pie. to the patty pie. <laughs> and just like a patty pie, though, we got we to gotta point out to our listeners, and we'll talk more about this later, just like it goes from DNA to RNA to protein, you can't go back from protein to RNA or protein to DNA, mm -hmm. which is another important factor on why this vaccine is not going to be harmful to us. So we'll talk more about that. Just like you can't unmake the ingredients, you can't take the yes. eggs and the sugar and the butter and all mm -hmm. the, the goodness out the patty pie, mm -hmm. you can't take all of those things out of the protein to go back towards genetic. This analogy right Right here. Can we just, <laughs> come on now, come on can we now. Just, girl, we gotta make it stick. <laughs> we gotta make it stick. But that's absolutely right. I think that's a fear. And it's because listeners and the average person just aren't familiar with the knowledge. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to school y'all. Yeah. And give y'all something to think about and you know, go get a patty pie. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's kind of a general overview about mRNA and the science, but let's bring it back to our vaccine and talk a little bit about that. Okay. So mm -hmm. there's been many, many years of research. I know, uh, <laughs> Uh, SARS COVID two is you know recent to us, but this is not a brand new virus. This has been around right. for a while, so there's been mm -hmm. a lot of research on the vaccine that stems from being able to extract the DNA from the SARS COVID two virus, and then be able to identify which portion of that DNA is actually responsible for creating one of those uh, keystone uh, spikes that we always see on the virus. We always know that cartoon mm -hmm. 3D picture that's floating around everywhere. So the thing about that spike is it is a very critical piece of the virus because it's necessary for its survival and its ability to gain entry into the cell, but it's not a mm -hmm. harmful component of the virus. So. Um, the best example I have there is the difference between like a shark's fin and a shark's tooth. So every shark's going to have a fin. It helps it to swim and stay upright, I believe, mm -hmm. from my old school zoology days. <laughs> but a shark's tooth, of course, it's going to be sharp. It's dangerous, that type of thing. That specific mRNA code that's within the vaccine is going to be the backbone. It's going to help an individual be able to take that message that's on the mRNA code and make or translate that into spike proteins. So more specifically, we have little teeny tiny protein production systems in our cells called ribosomes. And what we're going to do is give them the message through the vaccine. And with that, they'll be able to create enough spike protein so that our immune system can start an immune response. Got it. Mm. Okay. So that's a little mm -hmm. bit kind of bringing that into the vaccine. So Definitely want to briefly talk about that immune system because this is really kind of the big fireworks at the end of the vaccine. This is what we want mm -hmm. our vaccine to do, create an mm -hmm. immune response. Um, so our immune system is simply trying to decipher between what is foreign material and non-foreign material. And sometimes there's issues with that. You know, there's disorders like lupus or rheumatoid arthritis where your body gets a little confused, but right, you know, right. Mm -hmm. starts attacking itself. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, we can really decide between what's supposed to be there and what's not. So once your immune system can see those little spikes or those little shark fins uh, mm -hmm. floating around, they'll be able to call in one of their most critical players of the adaptive immune system called B cells. Okay. And mm -hmm. B cells can create these specific antibodies that are going to be targeted towards those spikes that we've made. And an okay. antibody is simply just this typically a Y-shaped protein that can spot out and neutralize any type of foreign material or a piece of a foreign material typically called an epitope. So over time, these antibodies that the B cells have created will begin to circulate in our bloodstream, and they're mm -hmm. looking for that essential spike that we find on the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Um, another mm -hmm. example is um, a quarantine activity my boyfriend and I um, have been doing. So we got a Where's Waldo book. I mean, we're that I bored love now. Cut Where's it, cut Waldo. it out. Yeah. I hey, Kev, it. how you doing? So, yeah, we got a Where's Waldo book. And it, we just be trying to look <laughs> look for Waldo. It be taking us a long time. <laughs> and it's like having two people look for Where's Waldo as compared to one million people looking for Waldo, right? So it's oh, gotcha. that's the difference between having that vaccine with all those antibodies you're building up which are looking for 
that spike versus just one tiny antibody floating that's around good. that's good that's good wow okay yeah so but this is really important though because we definitely want to clarify that having the vaccine doesn't limit a person from actually getting the infection right but more specifically mm-hmm. it will kind of limit the severity of disease um, or even eliminate the pathogen before it can cause disease because now you have an mm-hmm. army of antibodies that are going around looking for the pathogens. I just need you to drive that point home real quick one (laughs) more time about infection versus disease. And the reason why is because there was this viral video I saw Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was Fauci talking and he was saying that uh, limiting infection, but not like uh, eliminating the mm-hmm. um, possibility mm-hmm. of infection and reducing the severity of disease. And then there was like a woman being like, oh, well, if it's not gonna stop us from getting infected, why would we get, so can you please just real quick. <laughs> it, come on, Dr. <laughs> please. That's why, yes, Dr. Alicia, yes, please. Because listen, I still got people talking about, why do I gotta wear my shame muzzle? after I get right. the vaccine. I'm like, not your I can only to shame, respond muzzle, baby. to what? so many DMs what? and comments and stuff. Like, I can't right. do it all myself. Let's just, please. So the thing about it is one of the issues with, um, with the SARS-CoV-2 virus and essentially the COVID-19 disorder or disease is you get so overwhelmed with the number of viral particles in your body. Your immune yeah. system is trying to catch up Mm -hmm. by creating a cytokine storm, creating an influx of fluid in the lungs. Your airways are supposed to be clear of fluid. That's how you can breathe. Mm -hmm. But when Mm -hmm. there's so many viral particles, your immune system is like, bruh, let it loose. Let the can get the cannons, right? You know what I'm saying? So you're like producing all this liquid, producing all of these these cytokines or these bullets for lack of better terms yeah. to your lungs and to this part of your body where it's causing you to actually be sick to based off of the res, the immune response. So because mm-hmm. it's taking too long for your immune system to rev up enough soldiers to fight it, that's why people get sick. If you have the vaccine, you're already ready to go. So yes, mm-hmm. that can mm-hmm. mean one or two viral particles or a thousand viral particles can get inside of you, but now they're faced with a hundred million antibodies. So yes. it may cause soldiers. a little- I thought I told <coughs> so you. The infection part is the particle getting inside of you, which you can't, I mean, you can't avoid yes. that. That happens Anybody. every day. Right. Every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whether you have the vaccine yeah. or not, you can be infected. Right. And then here's the other part though. You can also, if you are not visibly sick because your body is fighting it, mm-hmm. can still potentially That's spread true. it to other yes. people. Mm-hmm. Yes, you so can. wear the damn mask. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, come on. Exactly. I mean, we use our, we're, we even if you're not talking, you're breathing in and out. That's going to be transmission of whatever's in your lungs. <laughs> mm-hmm. So again, Dr. Nyate said, even after you get the vaccine, <laughs> you can still pass on COVID to yeah. somebody else. Who doesn't mm-hmm. have the vaccine? Yes, you can. Wear your mask. Potentially. Like, wear your wear mask. Your mask. Please. Please. Wear your mask. Please. <laughs> Absolutely. Please. And thank you. So, yes. So, again, the vaccine is trying to save lives in the context that you won't get as sick. Um, you won't have those so the severity of disease that we're getting now. Because at this point, your body's just trying to play catch up. By the time it gets there, you know, you've already produced too much fluid. fluid you've already damaged too much lung tissue, all that. And that's also how they're classifying the efficacy of the vaccines Mm -hmm. as well. Like when you guys are hearing 95% effective with the mRNA vaccines for Pfizer and Moderna, or you're hearing 66% with the one dose Johnson and Johnson, it's talking about the severe limitations of the severity of disease in terms of its efficacy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you guys have to make sure that you understand that in order to understand how the vaccine is working. And so that's what we're covering with this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so yeah, that's a big concept. We definitely want to drive home for our listeners because, you know, this is all about communication. We understand you listen to our podcast. We appreciate, we love it. Like, comment, subscribe. But then when y'all having conversations with family and friends, like this is what, you know, we're expecting y'all to share and make sure we can affect the masses with all this information. So, you know, y'all got a job to do. All right. (laughs) So this whole concept of using mRNA isn't necessarily new because we've used mRNA as a potential vaccine for other viruses before, like Zika virus, the virus that causes rabies, um, CMV or cytomegalovirus. 
Um, but this is actually the first time we've used mRNA as a vaccine for um, SARS-CoV-2 virus. So it's kind of opening a brand new door mm-hmm. in science, which is really, really exciting. And two of the ways that this is exciting is because now we may be able to use mRNAs to identify common proteins that are found on viruses. Um, so we might be able to come up with like multi-pathogen vaccination mm-hmm. strategies, um, you know, something that's like a common core found on a number of viruses. And even okay. doper and more realistically, um, you know, cause you know, cancer sucks is we might be able to use mRNA um, as a mRNA molecules as a tool to be able to identify different biomarkers that are found only on cancer cells. And then that can kind of add to our cancer immunotherapy field. So mRNAs mm-hmm. are dope. Nice. Um, they're nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> we love them. We welcome them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's how G- that works. Give us the mRNAs. Yes. The recipes. We need it. So you gave us a really, really thorough explanation about mRNA. Thank you for that, Dr. Devin, um, and how yeah. it works. And so hopefully now our listeners have a much better understanding about that, because I know that that can be really confusing, especially if if, mm-hmm. if you ain't, you know, take biology past high school. Yeah. So this is perfect. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and I think many people wonder, like, what is in the vaccine that's not just mRNA, though? And that's that's a good point, because um, mRNA is ex- actually extremely fragile, like, I don't know if y'all have ever worked with mRNA in the lab, but when we I have, yeah, Lord. when we did our PI would be like <laughs> and DNA. If you wear lucky socks and if you listen to a uh, future uh, whatever song, <laughs> do what you got to do because that mRNA be tripping. Yeah, <laughs> so, they right. um that thing will cleave so quick you'd be like, what in the world is going on? My um PhD research was based on ribosomes, so we did mm-hmm. we had a lot of ribosome purification of ribosomes. So we had to use a lot of what they call this product they called RNase Zap to mm-hmm. zap all of those mm-hmm. RNases, which are things that can kill RNA. So RNA. we ain't play. Mm-hmm. Like, everything got zapped with RNA zap. You ain't let nobody breathe in your area when you were working with right. ribosomes, working with mm-hmm. RNA. Like, Don't touch nothing with no gloves <laughs> on. Yeah. Just, just stop. Exactly, exactly. Because it's such a critical... Um, biomolecule, right? If you have the instructions in your cell and you're ready to go, you want to make sure that, you know, it can, it can quickly make the protein you're looking for. So you don't Mm -hmm. want it to be so, I guess, hardy that it can stay around forever and make all these protein molecules and your body's not trying to do that. So all of that Mm -hmm. is kind of some of the reasons why when we're transporting this vaccine, we have to keep it refrigerated at extremely Mm -hmm. low temperatures. So there's a lot that goes into the process of making sure Mm -hmm. when we get the vaccine to the individuals that need it, it's in the right state. And so this is really important for our listeners to know, because I just hear so many people asking like, whether it will accumulate in their bodies and affect their brain mm-hmm. or affect their DNA. You know, mm-hmm. people don't know stuff. Right. They go and ask all kinds of questions. So, yeah, <laughs> I be getting all kinds of questions all the time. Like, uh, so is this going to cause dementia if I get th- I'm like, I'm going to need you to just I'm going to need you to cut it out. Yes. But the short answer really is is no. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's that's the short answer. There's nothing wrong with questioning. There's nothing yeah, wrong right. with having the questions. And there's a lot of information, and we've talked about this before in season one, misinformation out there. So it's hard to know like what to believe and whatnot. So we're really not making True. fun of people for believing any manner of things about this vaccine. And it's good that you want to do the research and try to figure out like what's in it. So we're not we're not bashing anybody for for, for believing anything. We're just here to set the record straight. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. We we that's our whole premise. Yes. Yeah. Straight facts. No chaser. No chaser. No capping. So one of the things that I tell people is that, and we were just discussing this, is that there's an enzyme in our bodies that is designed specifically to destroy RNA, and that's the RNA set. Um, Dr. Alicia was talking about mm-hmm. yeah. RNA Zap. I think is probably the manufacturer name it is. for for the company that makes it but it's an RNase which means that it is uh, an enzyme that once that RNA has sent its information to the ribosome to say hey go make my groceries go make what I'm trying to do Mm -hmm. my my list Mm -hmm. then it degrades that um, RNA and so 
um, the mRNA gets to those cells um, before breaking down. And so the other ingredients that are in the vaccine help to achieve this goal. So we want to get the mRNA in your body, but then we want to make sure that it gets to the ribosome before getting destroyed. Mm -hmm. And so the ingredients that are in the vaccine achieve that along with the decreased temperatures that Dr. Devin was referring to. Mm -hmm. And these are designed elements that are trying to help protect that mRNA from being sliced in half because one of the things that likes to just cut mRNA in half like it's got a Ginsu knife is water. (laughs) And I mean, water is everywhere, okay? Uh So we want to make sure that if we want that, that mRNA to get to its location, we have to neutralize that water by keeping it super, super cold so that it can't interact. Because mm-hmm. if it does, then that mRNA gets deactivated and then it's no longer uh, useful or intact right, to be able right. to deliver the information that it's carrying. Right. So Pfizer and Moderna actually have very similar ingredients for both of their vaccines in addition to the mRNA. And I'm not going to give you guys the long scientific names because that is not important. But I can yeah. tell you all that they fall into four general categories Mm -hmm. they have the mrna of course Uh then they have lipids which are actually like fatty acids you can think of like an oil like your baby oil or your (laughs) olive oil or something like that that's a that's a fatty acid right and they're usually like these like capsules like these oil capsules that the um Mm -hmm. mrna will sit in okay and then they've got salts a variety of salts depending upon their particular formulation and again i won't go into the specifics of those salts but you can think of them in some degree as simple as table salt Mm -hmm. right um so what you put on your food and then literally sucrose like sugar that mm-hmm. you put in your coffee right mm-hmm. so these these categorizations of these um uh, ingredients are pretty simple and straightforward and they serve a very specific purpose right now i will say that moderna they do add in their vaccines some acids and acid stabilizers but the importance of those is to ensure that the vaccine is a ph stable uh, once it's produced so again mm-hmm. these are stability things gotcha but that's it that's it <laughs> that's all it's in there it's four categories of things simple stuff some of it you can find in your cupboard is i mean it's that's it no microchips no eggs no preservatives no thermosol or, mm-hmm. or mercury-based preservatives all other stuff that y'all be hearing people no yeah they don't got none of that in there <laughs> i mean microchips aside anti-vaxxers have been up in arms for years that our vaccines mm-hmm. use albumin or egg whites mm-hmm. and preservatives yeah. in, mm-hmm. especially thimerosal which is a mercury-based preservative i've been hearing that for a long time mm-hmm. that vaccines have mercury mm-hmm. they be mad mad mm-hmm. they be big mad. <laughs> but you know what people like always have something to say but you know, at the end of a night or whatever, if you see one of those hot dog stands out there on the corner, you don't know Listen. who that man is. You will get Listen. some street meat. You will get you a hot dog and not <laughs> Come think on, twice meat. about it. Meat. Straight Come up. On. For real. So why are people tripping? Right. <laughs> if right. they can do that, they can get the shot. Right. I believe it. Oh, and also, too, for my NOLA people, I mean, it's around Mardi Gras and everybody been talking about it. If you was at the parade mm-hmm. watching Zulu float after the float, you want to go get you some Manchu chicken on Carlton. And if you can eat that, <laughs> then you can go on ahead and get this back. You can right. go ahead and get the vaccine. No you remember when you, was a, you, when you was a kid and you would bob for apples? Just have, uh-huh. just have everybody's everybody's germs in the same big old like bucket of water. If you could do that, it. you can get vaccines. <laughs> right. You can get you can go ahead and get this vaccine. Right. Yeah. So I remember seeing a meme actually. It was like somebody was talking about Bill Gates and saying he was gonna microchip us <laughs> and he would be able to track our <laughs> movements and Google uh, Maps was like, when? <laughs> you know, show when do I need to sign up? How can I get in this? Because I wanna know where people are at too. It was so funny. Like people really think people are being microchipped out here <laughs> but you know no, our phones are already smart enough like if you have any type of location services on or find your phone activated like your phone yep. is always on somebody's map <laughs> you know right and always know where you at because please believe you i have had to turn on my find find my iphone lord mm-hmm. i need to go back and f- i had to go back into a target once really? oh. to go and find my phone oh yeah I was like, please find it. Find it, Jesus. Find find it, Apple. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I don't believe there are any microchips. Now, I don't believe I know there are no microchips in the vaccine, but there is a substance called polyethylene glycol or PEG-based lipid nanoparticles. And you talked about those lipids earlier. Um, mm-hmm. That tends to be a component of the vaccine delivery mechanism. There has been some data that talk about people who have an immune response to these PEGs actually might have a reaction with the vaccine. So that's something we might want to chat Indeed. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the lipids in the vaccines are important in delivering the mRNA to the cells and for mm-hmm. encapsulating the mRNA to protect it from degradation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. molecules that consist of lipid attached to PEG that is 2,000 Daltons large, which means these fatty acids are pegylated. Mm-hmm. While generally mm-hmm. safe and largely used in a number of applications, such as like toothpaste, shampoos, mm-hmm. laxative, if you have mm-hmm. a sensitivity to PEG or polysorbate because it's very similar to PEG, then it's wise not to take either of the mRNA vaccines. That's just like anything mm-hmm. else, though. You know, if you're allergic to it, mm-hmm. you ever, uh, you know, mm-hmm. those drug commercials when they'd be rattling off all the side effects and stuff, they'd be like, mm-hmm. if you're yeah. allergic to it, then don't yeah. take it. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> let's be clear, though. Exactly. No capping. Thanks for the notes. <laughs> the number of people with enough anti-PEG antibodies is small, and many are not sure that there's a definitive link two pegs and anaphylactic reactions. A study done out of UNC suggested that 72% of the participants in that study had some sort of peg sensitivity, but only 7% would meet the criteria of high anti-peg antibodies. Mm. The National Mm -hmm. Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases is collaborating with the FDA to investigate Mm -hmm. immune response of people with high levels of anti-peg antibodies in their system. So the public will learn more as their inquiry develops. To put this in context though, as of mid-December, there had only been six cases of vaccine anaphylaxis out of 272,000 doses given Mm. as reported by the CDC. Right. That's low. So I don't know all these folks is doing a Harlem shake (laughs) on video after they get the vaccine, but they are probably far fewer than you would like to believe or viral videos would suggest. Yeah. Like that, that video about the nurse that went viral stating all the side effects Mm -hmm. from the vaccine. Did y'all see that? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. She was doing that Harlem shake yeah sure was. absolutely <laughs> was oh my gosh people are wondering like is it safe will they have long-term effects from taking the vaccine and and my thing is is like it's unfortunate um that she experienced that and that there are people who definitely have severe allergic reactions folks who typically have that sort of reaction though typically already know that they have a high sensitivity e- either to the ingredients uh-huh. in a vaccine or 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 some other um allergic sort of uh, allergy-based condition that would create an immune response. Uh And so we won't really get down into the rabbit hole of validity of folks' claims with regard to the vaccine. Because we ain't ain't them. We don't know them. They sick. (laughs) We all know. We want them to be eyes. She might have had Harlem Shakeitis. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Or or she could have just like it laid her low. You know, we mm-hmm. we, we we don't we, know. We're not gonna do that. We don't know. But we would say that typically. Like we like we talked about, people who have reactions to pegylated compounds, it's extremely rare. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. so that sort of thing. Yeah, some severe but sometimes expected reactions that you can have kind of go back to like the Pfizer and Moderna trials, mm-hmm. where Pfizer's trial had about forty three thousand participants. Yeah. yeah, and Moderna had a little over thirty thousand. And and let's just say off top, those numbers eclipse any other sort of numbers that you would see typically in a clinical trial. Mm-hmm. Like clinical trials at stage three or phase three would normally have anywhere from 300 to 3,000. So crazy. the fact that they had over an order of magnitude mm-hmm. larger than that yeah. means that that was a pretty extensive study. So mm-hmm. we'll just say that. But it's all to contextualize the fact that their trials only had a combined total of eight cases of Bell's palsy. Mm -hmm. And Bell's palsy is a particular type of paralysis of the face where it literally completely paralyzes like usually one side. Mm -hmm. My mother-in-law had Bell's palsy at our wedding. That's a random aside, but yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. How? I don't. She got sick. And then right after she got Bell's palsy, it's crazy. Hmm. And so that's the crazy part, right? So right. They yeah. don't actually have a definitive cause right. yeah. for Bell's right. palsy. It's completely unknown. Mm-hmm. But typically, it's onset due to reaction. 
Okay. So when they were looking at the phase three trials for both Moderna and Pfizer, mm-hmm. they realized that out of the eight people who got Bell's palsy, mm-hmm. only one of them had received the placebo. Huh. And so that's mm. an important distinction to make because it gives you the indication that the reaction wasn't due to the ingredients of the vaccine. They just got a saline like placebo mm-hmm. shot, but that person still had that very severe paralysis of the place. Wow. And we'll also say too that Bell's palsy typically is reversible. So mm-hmm. over time yeah. you regain all of your function or probably most of it, if not all right. of your function of your face when it comes out of paralysis. But that that's an important distinction to make because that means that when you're looking at this trial, these trials were done double blinded, mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. the researchers didn't know and the patients weren't aware of what of who got what. Right. And so when they're looking at that data, mm-hmm. then that means that they can say that, yeah, these folks got a reaction by getting the vaccine. Right. But we can't say definitively that it's because of what's in it or mm-hmm. because right. those people are just sensitive to having foreign um foreign things enter their body foreign substances foreign molecules um and so that's an important thing for us if we think back on season one where we were talking about the levels of how you evaluate data and how studies are conducted and this would have been considered a really great way for how this study was done because it was double blinded Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. patients didn't know what they got researchers didn't know what they got right. and they were able to evaluate that data for thousands of people and and had really great results with that yeah i'm glad we shared that because i think a lot of times those those eight people have been the star of the show right and that's all you see mm-hmm. kind of broadcasted um and there's other yep. types of responses like gian beret syndrome which is where your immune system can kind of attack your nervous uh, system but again, like you said, this is very rare. These things do not typically happen. And nearly all people will experience some type of mild symptom to any vaccine. But that really is just an indication that your immune system, you know, is responding and is building some protection. So that's not always a bad mm-hmm. thing. Like you were talking about that cytokine storm when right. your body is firing. Right. Oh, okay. Bop, 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 turned bop, up. Bop. Oh, what's that? <laughs> it's like when your song come that's on the club, you go, hey, hey, what's that? You start making your way to the dance floor, you know, drop a lot yeah. hot. <laughs> all right (laughs) did y'all hear the claims attempting to link the protein created by the mrna vaccine to infertility oh yeah i know we just can't catch a break so something (laughs) again you know the core of everything facebook uh there was a facebook post (laughs) about a former pfizer researcher and physician he Mm -hmm. actually petitioned to the european medicines academy that the vaccine would actually block a protein that's really important with placenta development in pregnancy. There mm-hmm. is a protein involved in placenta development called syncytin, and it's actually structurally very similar to the SARS-CoV-2 spikes. Okay. However, our proteins are mm-hmm. like our fingerprints, right? They look very similar, but there's enough differences there for your body to decipher between the two. Right. Um, so, right. you know, what we know is the immune system won't attack syncytin one the same way it does the spike protein. Um, And that's not evident just from research or science, but also from studies showing that individuals um, that have had COVID-19 infections, it hasn't really interfered with their pregnancy, which shows that even Mm -hmm. your body's natural immunity or the natural immune response isn't confusing syncytin-1 with the SARS-CoV-2 spikes. I was going to say, enter Dr. Nyate. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was like, help me, Lord. No, but I was like, oh, no, this this fake news, fake news. This is cap. Yeah. She cap. good, I baby good. Like they everybody good. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, of course, you know, people always got something to say. And um, a lot of individuals were confused or wondering why pregnant women and children weren't including in the Pfizer and the Moderna studies. But we have to keep in mind that it's just not common to include these groups in studies anyway. They're, That's you know, mm-hmm. kind of an outlier from the general population in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you know, typical human nature, some participants did get pregnant during the study and they didn't have any challenges so far. And we've also had over 10,000 pregnant women, at least that are recorded, that have had a vaccine um, with no problem so that's really good and I want to say also too um, because Dr. Corbett we we highlighted her in season one Mm -hmm. and she also highlighted recently in her stories Mm -hmm. or maybe a few months ago that there have been documented people who participated in the Moderna studies who have since 
getting or since getting the vaccine have gotten pregnant. Mm-hmm. So they have confirmed pregnancies after vaccination. So we want to just, you know, highlight Black Brilliance of Season there 1, you Dr. Go. Corbett, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, this data is out there for folks to see. Right, right. So as it relates to, you know, the question of I'm pregnant, should I get a vaccine or not? Definitely want to throw out there that we are not medical professionals. We are nope. just, you know, sharing scientific literature. We a different kind of doctor. Yeah. All of our <laughs> pregnant, nursing, lactating mothers to discuss those risks and benefits with your own medical professionals. But what we see so far is that there are kind of conflicting recommendations. So the CDC, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, and the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine give it a thumbs up and say you should um, um, that the vaccine should be offered to women who are pregnant and breastfeeding if they're eligible. However, the World Health Organization says that pregnant women should take the vaccine only if the benefits outweigh the risk. So you kind of got a little bit of a, you know, teeter-totter going on there, just depending on what you're thinking on. But, you know, there it is. And if inquiring minds want to know, (laughs) I'm getting this vaccine. I'm getting this vaccine as soon as I drop this kid. Uh I'm I'm getting it. Uh I'm going to wait because I already technically have limited immunity. And Mm -hmm. they say that it's um, for 90 days. But I know people who've gotten COVID and they still had Mm -hmm. um antibodies up to seven months so i figured waiting a couple extra months Mm -hmm. until i have the baby i'll probably be fairly fine Mm -hmm. but i'm 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 getting my my fouchy ouchy when i when i can (laughs) get your fouchy (laughs) ouchy girl get my fouchy ouchy (laughs) so have y'all have y'all like considered and thought about like how fast they've developed the vaccine it's been kind of quick though for real I mean, and we did talk about that because we was like, yeah, oh, no, uh, quick. <laughs> they, they got this kind of quick. But there are definitely some very specific reasons why they were able to do it that quick. Mm. What y'all think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's yeah. a little expedited. Yeah, I have to say, you know, because I work in the industry, in the drug development industry, even mm-hmm. for me, I was in the beginning, I was like, um, this is a little this is a little expedited because there are people who have worked for like 20 year careers on a particular drug candidate that never makes it to market. So mm-hmm. right. One, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> one. Yeah. Spent their mm-hmm. whole career on one drug, you know, so and then in the, in the beginning, the Cheeto who has now left the White House, <laughs> he was like, oh, we'll have a vaccine in like two months. Really? Like, OK. <laughs> but yes, like Dr. Inyate said, there are clear reasons why this vaccine was developed so fast. Um, We'll go through a few of the most important. There were almost two decades of mRNA research conducted before Mm -hmm. the pandemic and several years of research on coronaviruses as well. So Mm -hmm. the groundwork research had already been laid. Um, Yes. Global collaborations among- That's important. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. because a lot of the research and development part, that's what takes a lot of time. That's true. When we're talking yes. about developing vaccines, a lot of that research and development and a lot of that had already been been completed. Global mm-hmm. collaborations among scientists sharing DNA sequences and other pertinent information on SARS-CoV-2 united an otherwise protective uh, cadre of researchers. The genome of SARS-CoV-2 was released publicly. So, mm. you know, usually when we're talking about, you know, a, a drug candidate, companies are keeping those things, you know, tight and right. not sharing those with the world. But I think that right. um, it was understood that this was a major public health crisis. Because researchers are not normally like trying to share their data. I mean, they exactly. trying to think about publications. They trying to think about exactly. who can we benefit, you know, to collaborate with. So the fact that there was just so much information shared very early on globally yep. is what but definitely put everybody on the map to get on a collective, we got to figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. We got to figure it out today. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And money poured in um, because private investors saw the benefits of getting people back to normalcy and volunteers craved that normalcy. So people were signing up mm-hmm. in droves um, yeah. for these clinical trials, you know, to help advance the vaccine mm-hmm. effort. So we'll also be doing a part two of this discussion that's going to delve mm-hmm. more deeply into the vaccine and drug development process. Like I said, that's my field of expertise. Um, and we'll be able Yay. to emphasize how this process has differed from those processes that have happened historically with other drug candidates. 
Right. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for Mm -hmm. that piece because I think that the vaccine development process is something that happens every day. You know, people get they see the benefit of something on the market, but nobody has an idea of how it works. So I think that's going to be really exciting for our listeners. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing like to talk about for sure will be, you know, like expiration dates. There's just a lot that people Mm -hmm. don't understand about drug development, Mm -hmm. but Basically, kind of to, to, to kind of wrap all of this up, number one, the vaccines that have been developed to date are mRNA vaccines. And Dr. Devin yeah. gave a really great overview about mRNA earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we just talked just now about why it's not such a scary thing that those particular vaccines, mRNA vaccines, were developed so quickly. Part of that, like we said, is that global collaboration among scientists that, you know, that genome was made public and Mm -hmm. that there's so much money that has been poured into this because people understand the severity of this COVID pandemic. And then also, furthermore, what we realize is, is that your body is supposed to have some sort of limited reaction Mm -hmm. towards the vaccine. And then that means that your body is responding with an immune response to help arm you against further infection. But that doesn't mean that it's impossible for you to get it. Right. And mm-hmm. impossible for you to spread it. So masking is still important. Yes. Right. We learn more information about how vaccinated people are able to continue to kind of go through um, everyday life. So that's another piece to just make sure folks understand. Another thing I wanted to make sure we mentioned before we close is um, kind of piggybacking off of what you said, Dr. Nyate, but Dr. Alicia talked about those pegs and like the different components of a virus or a vaccine rather. Um, And I just think it's so critical for people to understand that we're not just putting in pure mRNA (laughs) and, you know, there's a process that goes along with this. And also what Dr. Yate was saying about those really small values of people that have had a adverse reaction. We just have to be, you know, more prepared when we're talking with individuals and we're reading this information just to be mindful. You know, we're just trying to give y'all some gems, like they say. And then lastly, too, I just want to put put this in here because we didn't state this explicitly, though, but many people worry about vaccination, no matter which vaccine. I mean, it's 13 of them come out. Pick <laughs> your pick. Have your pick, yeah. you know, <laughs> but if you decide to be vaccinated, just remember that a lot of people are scared of the long term health um, I guess uh, long term health issues Mm -hmm. that might come with regard to a vaccine Mm -hmm. and we we don't know that that is actually something to be worried about Mm -hmm. what we do know is that you do need to be worried about the known long-term effects of covid infection we do have documented data that says there is scarring tissue scarring on lungs heart all kinds of data that suggests that if you get COVID, you may have potentially some long-term effects of that. Mm-hmm. But to say blanketly that you're f- fearful of long-term effects of vaccination does you a disservice because that's just not something that we have any evidence to suggest is true. So be mindful of that. Do you want to vaccinate so that you can protect against what we do know will happen or will you avoid vaccination because of something you believe may or may not be there Mm. which are long-term effects and and again the data suggests that there are no such things Mm -hmm. as far as we can tell so just be mindful of that Mm -hmm. i think i think we can say that today's myth was that the covid vaccine is dangerous and nobody should get it (laughs) and i think that we have uh, (laughs) That we have hopefully debunked that. (laughs) Well, and I'm just going to also add this other tidbit in here because I've been doing some invited talks on COVID and doing some community engagement. Oh, excuse us. Okay, come on now. Okay, okay, talking about COVID. (laughs) Well, and one of the things we didn't address it in this episode because we covered this in full um, in season one with our um, History of Hating episode, but it needs to be said and reiterated in this context is that a lot of people have been mentioning not wanting to get the vaccine because of the historic 
relationship that black people have had yeah. with the scientific and medical communities and Tuskegee is usually the one yep. that mm-hmm. gets thrown out there. We understand, we know, mm-hmm. we we have covered this history and if you haven't listened to season 1, please go back and listen to that episode. But it it, it does our community, especially black and brown communities who are being decimated by the COVID virus, right. mm-hmm. a disservice yeah. to hang our hats on Tuskegee as a means for not getting the vaccination. I want to just I want to just point that out mm-hmm. because the other part that came out of Tuskegee that folks tend to not talk about is the fact that there were so many laws, so many uh, protocols, so many advisory boards yeah. and actionable ways to addressed medical mistreatment and 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 even um in this case with tuskegee denial of treatment right 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 so we the there are protections there yeah okay yeah so don't don't hang your hat on tuskegee we understand the fear is real and we're not saying to ever forget it Mm -hmm. but don't forget that with that fear were some other things that came out of that to protect us so just keep that all in mind as you're thinking about whether or not you want to be vaccinated folks because we trying to be outside yes listen (laughs) i want to go to the pool this summer okay I'm going everywhere because I got these limited antibodies. My husband was like, oh, we going to take advantage. Yeah. <laughs> we going to Mexico. Uh, I was just looking like, I was asking my boyfriend, I was like, can we get a cruise like 2022? Do you think that's okay? Like, I, I don't know. What do you think? He was like, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't we, know. Most, most folks honestly think we probably going to be dealing with this thing for a minute because it's mutating. And we also yes. didn't talk about the mutations, but we'll probably cover that mm-hmm. later. Yeah, yeah, we probably have to. In another episode. But we wrapping up, y'all. We got to do our Black Brilliance segment. Black you know, we got to do it. We got to do it. Season two Black Brilliance, who's kicking it off, is Dr. Lane Rawlings, okay. who is the Director of Clinical Education and Research at the Tropical Pathology and Infectious Disease Association. All right. So say that two times fast. <laughs> <laughs> But Dr. Rawling uh, has been regarded as one of the leading black biological warf- uh, warfare experts mm-hmm. and experts on COVID-19. Nice. So obviously he was a perfect person for us Absolutely. to highlight today yeah. on this episode. Um, his background is in microbiology. So he's a microbiologist, okay. pathogenic virologist. Mm-hmm. And trauma surgeon. Get into it. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Uh, And he received his medical degree uh, from the University of Health Sciences in Antigua. Nice. He also received a DPM degree from California College Mm -hmm. of Podiatric Medicine and Surgery. Wow. And also has master's and uh, bachelor's degrees in microbiology okay look at that he is so, educated so so he's degreed he's educated educated <laughs> but one of the cool things that he's been doing in the midst of the pandemic is that he is also a member of the COVID 19 healthcare task force oh for the congressional black caucus wow okay. i love to see it love love to see it love to see it and he's been using his time to be an active and committed member to saving lives and eradicating coronavirus especially within the black community so Black History Month, we're giving him a yes. solid fist for Black Brilliance. <laughs> we're going to give him a high, high five. All right, Dr. Roland. Kudos, kudos. Yes. Season two, episode one. Yeah, kicking episode this thing one. off. Kicking Season this thing two. off. We going up, like Cardi said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, we'll catch y'all on the flippity flip. Get that Fauci ouchie. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Science for the Culture, your no-cap science podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Science for the Culture. And if you like this episode, please subscribe via your favorite streaming platform, share with a friend, or submit a rating on iTunes. We're Science for the Culture, myth-busting caps, one scientific fact at a time. <laughs>